Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Uh, the goal of this podcast is to allow us to dive into the Word each day and to retrieve one nugget of truth that we can focus on for that day uh, and to challenge us to connect with others through that. And so uh, we do that in two main ways. Number one, by uh, looking for questions that we have that we seek an answer for, and we talk about that with other people. Uh, and so we're uh, excited that you joined us for this. And today we're jumping into Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 reads, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness! No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. 
Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Wow, there are so many things that we could focus in on here in the second chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, But what I'd like for us to look at today is a thread that I see throughout this chapter. And that thread focuses on the concept of humility. And so what we see in humility is an understanding of where we are before the Lord. C.J. Mahaney has defined it as humility is honestly assessing ourselves in light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. And I believe that each of these little sections displays an aspect of humility that we're called to by the radical Christian life that Jesus is displaying here in this chapter. And so that radical Christian life is contrasted with the life of the people of the time, the religious leaders and others that are there. And so we see that in each of these sections. So in this first section, we pick up this concept of charity or giving to the needy. And so this was something that uh, would have been normal in the time to give to those who were in need. But how you give is more important than what you're giving. And we see that here Because the people who were giving to the needy were often focusing on making that a public event. And so sounding these trumpets, bringing all of these people to see what they're doing so that they can receive their reward. And this concept is if they're doing it for the visible praise of others, then they are receiving in full the reward that they get. And so what we see here is the humility of saying when we're giving something to the Lord, we're understanding our own sinfulness, understanding our own situation, and understanding but but for the grace of God, we might be in that same situation. And so we're giving to others liberally as God has given to us, not for others to see that, but as a recognition for God being the giver of all good things and the one who is allowing us to have the opportunity to bless others through what we are able to give. The next section we see is the Lord's Prayer. Now, prayer is something that is rooted in humility. Prayer itself says, I can't do this on my own. God, I need you to step in and intervene. And so when we think about that, once again, these people were praying in the synagogues and on street corners, making this huge public display of what they were doing. But it wasn't truly a characteristic of their life. They were heaping up these empty words. They were doing all of these different things to make others think that they were holy and to make others think that they were in a right standing with God. But in fact, they weren't. And so God is calling us through Jesus' words here to develop in humility our prayer life in our own homes, in our own lives, so that we can display to God that we understand that we need him and we daily need him. We need him for all aspects of our life. And that's what we see here outlined in in the Lord's Prayer. And then he moves on to talk about fasting. And it's much of the same of what he's talked about, about giving to the needy and praying here. But fasting is the same way. Fasting is not so that other people can see, oh, how holy is this person? But instead, it's about doing this for the Lord. It's about humbly understanding our sinfulness in God's holiness and doing that in a right way. And so calling them to do fasting in secret and to not disfigure their faces or make it so visible that they're fasting so that other people will see what they're doing. And in doing so, forfeiting the rewards that they have in heaven. The next part really talks about these rewards in heaven, laying up these treasures in heaven. And that's a concept that's really hard for us. 
How do we lay up a treasure in heaven? What is a treasure in heaven? What does that even look like? Because in our world, we see the treasures that we have. We see the valuable things around us, and our eyes make it so that we desire those things, and we're able to accumulate them and try to bring them into our lives. But in doing so, what we're really doing is saying, I want to have control. I want to have these things in my life that make it so that I feel I am in control of my life. The shocking statement that he makes here is that by pursuing one of these things, the treasures on earth, we're actually not able to pursue the treasures that are in heaven. And so those are two mutually exclusive things because we can't serve two masters. One of them we will actually enjoy and one of them we will despise. And so he's calling us to a single focus in serving the Lord. We can't serve the Lord for the praise of others. We can't serve the Lord for money or profitable gains or anything else like that. We serve the Lord out of humility, out of an understanding of what he's done for us, our own sinfulness and his holiness that he calls us to. And so then he moves on to the final section here about being anxious about our lives. And this part I feel like really brings it home because what this is saying is a humble recognition that God, I am not in control. I cannot change my life, even the smallest bit, aside from your grace in it. And I look to the birds in the fields, and I see the way which you've lavished your graces upon them. You've provided for their every need, and you've given them all that they need for their life. And I understand that you will do the same for me. So we humbly accept that God is in charge of our lives, that he's directing us each day, and we understand that we're called not to be anxious because we really can't change our own situations. Only the grace of God in our life can do that. And so this this theme of humility that's throughout this chapter really just speaks to me because of how countercultural it is. Think about the social media age that we live in that says, hey, post all these things, get all these likes, do all these things so that everybody will see how good you are. Give to people, do these big things so that other people will say, oh man, that person is so awesome or haven't you seen all the things that they're doing? Instead, we're called to almost a life of secrecy. Well, that doesn't mean that we don't do great things for God. It means that the root of what we're trying to do is centered in our understanding of who God is and who we are in his standing. And instead of doing this to gain something from others or even gain something from the Lord, we're doing it as a humble response for the way in which his mercies, his grace, and his gospel have been shown and demonstrated in our lives. And so hopefully that encourages you today as you seek to live a countercultural life, as you seek to understand that it's not about the visibility of your righteous deeds before others, but instead it's about the way in which you humbly respond to God in your life. And so each day we pray and we seek and we desire to obey his commandments in a greater way, but in doing so we're only able to do that when His grace and His mercy are poured out upon us and His Spirit is active in our life, allowing us to live this radical Christian life He's calling us to in Matthew chapter 6. One common question that arises from this passage is, what is a treasure in heaven? What does that even look like? And so while we don't usually speak in those terms, it was something that would have been common to the people in Jesus' time. They would have understood that when they're speaking of this, they're speaking of serving others or living a life of what they called a life with an open hand, where they would allow everything that's given to them by God to just quickly pass through them to the others around them. And so they're focused on serving and living a life of service to the others around them. So what might that look like? Like, you know, the best example of this I can think of takes me back to my time when I was a teacher 
in California. And I had an eighth grade student, his name was Daniel. And each day the students would have recess and the students would have brunch. Uh, and in those times, they could basically do whatever they wanted to outside. There were lots of different games that were going on. They had a bunch of organized activities. They could play foosball. They could do a whole bunch of different things. And he would spend that time doing things for the betterment of the rest of the students. And so maybe that meant picking up trash or cleaning up some areas, or he would be uh, just uh, doing different things around the campus to make it a better and safer place for everyone else. And I remember watching him doing that and just wondering, what what's going on in there? How is this middle school boy living like that, making these decisions that are constantly for other people instead of himself. And I realized what he was doing was storing up those treasures in heaven, understanding that he had an opportunity to serve others with that free time that he had. And he chose that daily, not for others to recognize him for doing that, but instead because he knew that's what God was calling him to do. And so that's what storing up treasures in heaven looks like, serving others not for being seen by others, but instead by understanding that God has given you an opportunity to serve them, to be able to be a part of his gospel spreading love to those people for his glory and his kingdom. So don't forget, come up with a question for yourself. Look for the answer to that question. Find somebody else that you can interact with this passage with today as you share that with them. And know as always, you are loved. You're